Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hannah Shaw is not available. At the tone, please record your message. Hi, I'm Nicola, and my dog's name is Nellie. I'm hosting a large group of people this year for the holidays, and I want to make sure Nellie isn't too stressed out with all the new people around. I'm thinking about boarding her while I have guests, but I don't love the idea of her not being around. What's the best thing I can do for Nellie? You're listening to Not Just Fluff, pet wellness from Banfield Pet Hospital, hosted by me, Hannah Shaw, animal advocate, otherwise known as the Kitten Lady. If you're like me, you love your animals a lot, but they can't talk and it can be tough to know what they really need. Not Just Fluff is here to provide you with actionable tips and science-backed advice from reputable professionals who really understand pet care. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Well, sort of. The holiday season is here and it brings a whole lot of joy, but also many stressors for the animals in our homes. Cats and dogs are creatures of habit, and it's common for them to feel out of sorts when their home environment changes. Unusual loud noises, strange foods, seasonal decorations, and more people in the home than usual mean there are a lot of variables shifting, and that can present trouble for our animal friends. But don't worry, in this episode, we're going to give you the information you need to ensure that your cat or dog stays safe this holiday season. To dive into this topic, I'm here with Dr. Saskia Bogman, who can help us unwrap some tips and tricks to ensure our pals stay happy as we celebrate holidays year-round. Dr. Saskia Bogman is a veterinarian at Banfield in Castle Rock, Colorado. She graduated from Western University of Health Sciences in Southern California in 2022. Dr. Bogman is fear-free certified and works primarily with companion animals. A fun fact about her, she's a dual citizen for both the U.S. and Belgium, which is where her name, Saskia, is from. I am really excited about this topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about holiday traditions, and I would love to know, do you have any animals at home, and what are your traditions with them? So this year is going to be a little interesting because, yes, I've had um, a cat and a dog for the past couple of years. The cat's name is Bean and the dog's name is Bonzo, short for Garbanzo Bean. Uh, (laughs) And then we just adopted a new kitten. His name is Frank or Franklin. And we go hiking with Bean and Bonzo very frequently. And our only tradition really has been to go out on like a Christmassy hike. We take some fun little Christmas photos with maybe like a little sweater or um, like antlers or something. But Frank has not been out on a hike yet, so I'm not sure how we're going to do it this year. We'll have to just see how it goes. But um, the goal is to get another Christmas photo with now a new addition. How exciting. Congratulations on your new friend. (laughs) Thanks. I absolutely love when people take their cats adventuring, of course, like with the safety of having a harness and all of that. I think it's uh, so important for cat people to realize that is something that many cats do enjoy. Now, I wonder if you can share with us as a veterinarian, is there a story of an animal that you've worked with who was affected by stress during the holidays or changes in the environment during the holidays? And what was that story and how were you able to help them? 
Yeah, so the holidays are always a really tough time for pet owners and the pets alike. Um, there's a lot of changes going on, and some animals don't do very well with change, um, and particularly cats. They tend to get really um, stressed out with the holidays. And I do remember last year there was one cat, kind of a younger-ish cat, who's always been a little bit shy, um, and she was having a really difficult time with uh, family that was coming over, uh, things were getting rearranged in the house, and cats are very sensitive to that too. So we were discussing on how we can kind of make it a better environment for her. And it turned out she didn't really have like a quiet place to go retreat to, to get away from the family members. She didn't have a space that was like not changing at all with the holidays. And so I really talked with the owner that, you know, cats need a space to themselves to be able to calm down from whatever's been going in the house and just to stay separate from all that and a space that hasn't been changed with like Christmas decorations and different furniture rearrangings. Um, so we worked on that and then also an additional litter box in the home because they only had one and sometimes it's in a not an ideal spot. They also will urinate outside the litter box. And then we talked about some over-the-counter supplements we can use, which are great additives to help with the changes during the holidays. And I met with her a few weeks afterwards and she said her cat was doing so much better and was really happy with what we had done. And, you know, she felt more comfortable in the home and the owner was really excited about it too. Wow. That's a great story. You know, I think the holidays, so many of those changes that happen to our environment and to the people we have around, it's very magical for the humans. But for the animals who don't have that context, it's just very disorienting. So it can cause so much stress. Sounds like that person was able to identify the stress. But for people who don't know what stress looks like in a cat or dog, how can they identify if their cat or dog is feeling stressed? Right. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that, that they can't talk to us because we'd love to let the, have them let us know that they're feeling stress. And for cats, they tend to hide. That's one of the most common signs is they just don't want to come out. They may not want to eat. They may start urinating outside the litter box, like I mentioned earlier. You can also observe their facial cues. So if their ears are flattened back, if they have dilated pupils, those are signs of fear in a cat um, or anxiety in a cat. That's what you look for for our feline friends. Our canine friends, they very similarly, they may also hide. They may run behind a couch. They may not want to come out of a certain room. Sometimes they're pacing back and forth. If they're panting and it's not even hot in the house, that's a sign of stress. And any type of abnormal like aggression towards children or you know, other people in the home, that could be also a sign of stress in our dog friends. Mm. What impact can that have on the health of an animal when they're feeling stressed? Obviously, the stress itself is impacting them, but are there health implications of having stress? So cats, definitely, especially the male cats. Um, if they're too stressed, they can develop a life-threatening emergency where they become blocked and they can't urinate. Um, so it's very important to try and mitigate that stress as much as possible. The female felines, they can also develop like UTIs from the stress. As far as our canine patients, you know, they don't develop as many urinary signs as the, as the feline ones, but it definitely takes a toll on their health and behaviorally, 
they can become just a stressful dog in general if they're having to deal with so much stress um, frequently. So it's not a great behavioral state for them to be in. That's probably the biggest um, complications with the holidays. Mm. You talked about this person you worked with, with her cat, and how you were able to um, prescribe medication that was helpful for her. Can you talk a bit about ways that people can plan in advance like that? Um, Are there prescriptions that can help? And how far in advance do people need to do that? Like, you know, in the moment on Christmas Day, uh, if you're feeling like you want that, is that something that people can just go pick up or do they need to plan in advance? Oh, yes. It is very difficult to pick up same-day prescriptions. So please, please plan ahead. If you know your cat or dog can get stressed with new changes, um, please call your vet and talk to them about some things that we can do. Over-the-counter supplements you can look into. If your dog tends to get stress colitis, like they get diarrhea from the stress, then um, look into maybe starting them on a probiotic for two weeks before the holidays come. If your cat gets stressed with the changes, they do make some great diffusers. Um, They make some calming care supplements that you can try. Uh, So those are definitely over-the-counter options to try and mitigate any of the stress. I would always, you know, trial these before you actually test them on the day of the stressor, just to make sure that they work. And then if you do feel like you need something a little stronger from your vet, um, please try and make an appointment a few weeks before the holidays. And there's definitely medications we can prescribe for cats and dogs to help mitigate that stress. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, you're right. There's a whole spectrum of different options available for cats and dogs. And I know that those pheromone plugins can be a good starting place for cats. That's something that we've used actually while moving uh, because that's another big change in an animal's life. And I found that to be quite helpful. Something that happens a lot during the holidays is travel, and there are a lot of animal lovers planning travel during the holidays. Can you give some advice on what people can do to prepare if they are planning on traveling with their animal with them? As far as right now in a current situation with the travel, I'm sure you've heard of like the upper respiratory stuff that's been going around with the dogs. If you really do need to board, um, then definitely make sure your pet's up to date on Bordetella and influenza vaccines for our doggy friends. Cats, that respiratory thing hasn't affected them right now, so they're still good with that. And then if you're traveling with your pet, like out of state or even out of the country, um, please call us and see if you need a health certificate for where you're going. Or you can access the USDA website um, and they can definitely let you know if you need a health certificate because that sometimes can take a few weeks to get settled. So it's something you need to think about early in advance. Um, And if you're flying with your pet, definitely check with the airlines. Make sure you don't need anything extra. Yeah, gosh, so much to consider here. And I think people are probably trying to make that decision. Do I board my animal? Do I stay home with them? Do I drive with them? Do I fly with them? I appreciate you mentioning the dog respiratory virus that's going around because that's such a current event that maybe some people don't realize is happening. And it's certainly something to consider when we're thinking about having our dog friends in close quarters with other unknown dogs. When you're looking at driving with an animal, can you talk a bit about that? Are there pieces of advice you have? Do animals need to be secured when they're in the car? 
Yes, I would highly recommend securing your pets. I know some pets don't do well in a carrier or a crate, um, but it is really important to have them secured somehow. Just because if you ever were to get into an accident, even if it's not your fault, um, they can get severely injured, especially since they don't wear seatbelts. Um, so I highly recommend cats going into a carrier. And if they don't like the carrier, again, maybe try some type of calming supplement or sedative to help with that. Um, if they become nauseous in the car, then also chat with your vet and see if, you know, some pets can take Dramamine and do very well with that. But please call your vet for dosing on that. Um, otherwise, we have other pharmaceutical options to help with the nausea in the car. Um, and then our dogs, you know, they can also get stressed in the car. So also chat with your vet about some options to try and keep them uh, calm while you're driving and then secure while you're driving. Yeah, thank you for that. I find it very stressful to see people having their cat uh, running around loose in the car. <laughs> there are so many things that can go wrong in that scenario. So personally, when I'm traveling with my cat, I have them not only in a carrier, but I also secure the carrier with a seatbelt. And there are um, lots of different options for ways to secure an animal actually with a seatbelt um, in your car. For people who are traveling and um, planning to keep their animal at home with a sitter or in a facility, is there something that you recommend people prepare for that sitter? Um, maybe, you know, some kind of document to provide them or planning their medication in advance? Like how can people properly prepare to leave their animal with someone? Yeah, of course. Um, so definitely, if you're going to have a sitter, have them meet your pets beforehand so that your pets feel comfortable with that person. Um, and then it's really important if you are going to leave them with someone, make sure you have um, a copy of their vaccinations so that they have that. Um, and then also a phone number of a friend or anyone if they need to call for advice or if they can't reach you. Um, and then your preferred vet or emergency vet if something happens that they know where to take your animal to if they for some reason cannot get in contact with you. And yeah, so if you plan to have um, medications on hand for your dog sitter, the most common ones would be some kind of probiotic to help with stress colitis or some kind of sedative if they are very anxious. Um, and definitely talk to your sitter if they're comfortable even medicating your pets. Make sure they know that ahead of time. Um, make sure the medications are easily accessible for the sitter not for the cats and dogs, though. <laughs> and then just make sure you have open communication with your sitter as much as possible. Um, and like I said, as long as your pets have met the sitter and feel comfortable, hopefully things should go smoothly since they're in their own home anyways. Yeah, I appreciate that you mentioned that it should be more comfortable in your home. That's what I do when I leave town is I have somebody come and stay. So at least the environment is not changing. Uh, you would think that I had written like a epic novel for my sitter <laughs> when I leave behind my instructions. Uh, I have, you know, video supplements to accompany all of these things. Oh my like, gosh. Here's the way that you give the pill to this one. And here's, you know, because I have multiple medical animals and, um, one thing that I have found really helpful is getting uh, pill cases that have the date on them. You know, it oh, has yeah. like the, the day of the month on them. And then that makes it super easy for them to keep track of making sure that they've done the a.m. and p.m. for each day. That's perfect. I'm sure you have one for each cat. I have a lot. I have a whole system. 
Obviously, during the holidays, there can be new and interesting items around the house that we do not want our dogs and cats playing with. Um, And sometimes people might even bring over a gift that is well-meaning but can be dangerous for the animals. So I want to talk about some of the things that show up in our houses during the holidays, starting with toxic plants. Can you talk a bit about plants, um, poinsettia, I know lilies during um, the spring can be an issue. What is the danger of bringing plants into your home that are unfamiliar? Definitely our cats seem to enjoy the plants more than our dogs usually. (laughs) Um, But poinsettias, they are toxic to both cats and dogs in the sense that they will develop GI upset if they start nibbling on it or ingesting it. Um, So if you are going to get poinsettias, I would try and keep them away from access from either cats or dogs. Um, Any other like new plants in the house can cause GI upset, but the poinsettias tend to be the most common culprit in the holidays. Um, If you do get flowers from, you know, family, friends, like you mentioned, it's more common in the spring, but definitely lilies are very toxic to cats. Um, Even just the pollen, if they get it on their fur and start to lick, it can be quite toxic. So uh, very important to keep, try and keep lilies out of the house if you even have a cat around. As far as like other types of plants or, you know, things that you might keep in the house like garland or different decorations. Um, Cats love stringy things, but they're definitely not good for them. We see a lot of, you know, cats who develop obstructions from eating, whether it's garland or some other kind of string that's in the home. Um, I would try and avoid that if your cats tend to play with it. Uh, For dogs, sometimes they want to chew on the wrapping paper or they may try and knock some ornaments off the tree and also try and ingest those. Dogs are quite incredible that they will ingest just about anything, even if it seems not possible. So don't underestimate them. They will definitely (laughs) figure out a way to eat whatever it is. So um, just be very careful. Yes. (laughs) So it sounds like obstructions are a common issue during the holidays. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say so. They just they tend to get into whatever decoration is sitting around the house and for some reason think it's food and want to eat that. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think old cartoons would have us believe that ribbon and yarn are perfect toys for a cat. Uh, and that is definitely not the case. So I think it's important to to talk about some of these dangers. Also, toys with small parts could be an issue, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Can you talk a bit about toys for animals? Maybe somebody's going to come over and bring your dog a toy. Are there toys that can cause harm to our dogs that maybe people don't realize? Or are there toys that are safer for cats and dogs that you recommend? Yeah. So that's always such a tricky topic, unfortunately, because there's so many things on the shelves that may not always be good for your pet. Um, As far as cats goes, like you mentioned, you know, they love string and yarn, but really they just also love to ingest it. So I wouldn't recommend any of those for our cats. Um, You can look into maybe the little rolling balls or one of those um, toys like the wand that you can kind of wave around with them. But if it's something that they can ingest, I would never leave it um, unsupervised with them. And as far as our canine patients, it's it's really common for people to want to feed them antlers or bones in the holidays. Um, But I highly advise against them because we see tons of dogs who have fractured their upper chewing teeth because of the antlers and the bones. 
So a general rule of thumb is if you hit it against your knee and it's too hard, then it's too hard for your pet to chew on. Or similarly, if you can't indent it with your fingernail, it's too hard for your pet to chew on. Tennis balls, you know, they're fun and dogs love them. But unfortunately, when they get dirty, it acts kind of like sandpaper and grinds down their teeth. The strong chewable toys, those are also really good to use as, you know, like stuffers to keep your dogs busy during the holidays and they can chew on them and it's not too hard for them to chew on. And again, careful with any rope toys. They love to pull it apart and then ingest the rope. Wow. What a cautionary tale. I mean, I don't know that people realize maybe when you go to the store and you buy something that says it's for a dog, it actually still could result in dental damage or choking or swallowing. And, you know, like you say, I mean, dogs, I foster puppies. I have some foster puppies right now. I saw that. (laughs) um, And as the puppies get bigger, man, they will turn anything into a toy. And you're right. I mean, they'll even turn your shoes into a delicious treat, which is actually not so good for them. right? Right. Right. Yeah. So talk a little bit about food, things that are edible for us, you know, when we're sitting at the table enjoying our our meal with friends or family. Um, Dogs can be notorious for begging. And when we have guests over, um, sometimes they might be tempted to give in to that little (laughs) whimpering pup at the table. So can you talk about why guests should not be feeding table scraps to dogs and some of the uh, risks of that? Yeah, I know, you know, Food is love, and I know people love to share their food with their pets, especially over the holidays when they're giving you the puppy dog eyes. The holidays is when we see the most amount of pancreatitis cases, um, obstruction like we mentioned. But yeah, the foods that we give our pets, um, if you do feel like you need to share something with them, carrots and celery, you know, just normal. You don't have to season them. Nothing added to them. Those are very healthy Um, low-calorie snacks that you can try and feed your pets if you really feel that you need to. Otherwise, most pets are very happy with just their normal kibble, maybe a treat over the counter here and there. Um, But I would really try and avoid any actual table scraps from your dinner plates just because a lot of them are high in fat or seasonings. um, And there are things that are toxic to dogs. So definitely they should never have onions, um, grapes, any of those things over the holidays, chocolate, I know that's a common thing as a Christmas present. Um, so please try and avoid and having your dog or cat have any access to those things. You know, when you have people over, they really want to give them something. So you can let them give them a little, you know, some carrots or celery. But again, just very plain, nothing added to it. Um, and they're, they're usually just happy with that. You know, and the list of foods that are toxic for dogs or cats would surprise a lot of people, I think. And not just that, but these are a lot of foods that are around during the holidays. Um, You know, like you say, chocolate is a huge issue. Um, Alcohol can be really dangerous for them. Can you talk about what happens for our dog friends if they do get a hold of alcohol or chocolate or something like that? Yeah. So they all have different mechanisms in how they cause toxicities. The chocolate, that can cause like arrhythmias, uh, so heart issues. Um, obviously, it'll cause some GI upset, so some vomiting, some diarrhea. Um, the onions are really bad because they can affect the red blood cells. Uh, grapes and raisins will affect the kidneys. Um, alcohol, you know, they can get just alcohol poisoning like humans do. Um, and so it's 
it's really dangerous to have that around them as well. Um, you know, I know some people like to also do other extracurricular activities um, during the holidays, and maybe there's some marijuana in the house. Um, so definitely need to be very careful with that as well, because again, dogs will ingest anything, um, and they can also develop toxicity from those, especially if it's made in the chocolate or something. That's like a double whammy. So definitely try and keep all those away from your pets. I think a lot of people do not realize how dangerous it can be to feed even one singular grape to a dog. Uh, the other thing that I think about a lot with guests coming over is they can really shake up the routine in the house and do things like open doors that they're not supposed to. Can you talk a bit about maybe what is the rundown that we want to give our guests when they come into the house on you know, making sure that they are keeping our animals safe. Yeah, so it's always really important to share with your guests um, where your pets are and aren't allowed to go, um, things they need to keep an eye on, like making sure doors are closing behind them if pets aren't allowed in certain rooms. Uh, cats notoriously love to jump on counters, so making sure that we're keeping the counters clean um, and just keep an open line of communication with your guests. Uh, let them know, like, hey, these are the rules that we have for our pets. Like, please respect those. Most, you know, friends and family, they have good intentions and they don't want to harm your pet. But sometimes, you know, it's a new environment for every for them. So they just have to try and break down the ground rules for them. And hopefully they'll be able to follow those. Um, and just, you know, open communication is the biggest thing. For listeners who live in cold environments, can you talk a little bit about the hazards of things like de-icers, antifreeze, and salt? Yeah, so I live in Colorado, so definitely am familiar with that. Um, so the antifreeze, most people don't think about this or know about it, but it is quite toxic to both cats and dogs. Um, it causes significant kidney damage if they were to ever get a hold of it. I like to think cats are a little smarter than wanting to drink it, but you never know. Dogs, again, will ingest anything. So definitely keep antifreeze out of their way so that they can't ingest any of it. Um, if you have any suspicion that they may have ingested it, please take your pet to the ER right away. Um, and then as far as salt goes, it's really common for people to salt their driveways, salt their sidewalks, it stays on the sidewalks even after it snows or the snow melts away. And... Um, particularly for our dogs. We take them on walks and they can walk on the salt um, and it can irritate their paws significantly. Um, and then if they're licking it, they're ingesting excess salt, which it can be dangerous for them. Um, so if you are walking around the holidays, you know, maybe consider some booties for your dogs um, and try and, you know, limit as much salt, uh, laying down salt on the ground or avoiding your dog ingesting any of that salt, um, protecting their paws as much as possible too. That's really good information. And something that I learned this year is that uh, sometimes the older snow globes that people will use to decorate their homes, the older ones actually have antifreeze inside of them. Oh, I have so if no they idea. break, that can, you know, get in your home. So that was a little fact that I did not know until this year, which made me go, oh my gosh, I would be not having those on a counter with my cat able to swipe it onto the floor. <laughs> How scary. Yeah, I have a snow globe, so that is a really good thing to think about. With New Year's, a lot of people enjoy fireworks, but they can be quite alarming to our animals who don't know what is going on. 
I know that a lot of shelters report having an influx of lost dogs during this time. Can you talk a bit about fireworks and any advice that you have for keeping animals safe during the new year? Yeah. So new year comes, you know, secondary to the 4th of July fireworks as far as fear um, with the fireworks. So definitely if you know your dog has a fear of them, Again, contact your vet a good amount in advance to get some, you know, sedative medications or advice on keeping them quiet and safe during this time. Calming shirts are a really great thing for fireworks, so you can definitely utilize those. Make sure they have a quiet room in the house that they can lay in, you know, turn on the TV, turn on some classical music, something to distract them from the fireworks. And definitely, if you're not going to be home, if you're not going to be with them, Make sure your pets are microchipped. If they do get out, at least they'll have a chip that, you know, they can scan. And not only making sure they're microchipped, but making sure your information is up to date on the microchip, because that happens a lot too, where, yay, we got a microchip, but darn, there's no information there. So uh, make sure that's up to date. And definitely if your pet does get out, um, call your local shelters. Um, They tend to stay fairly local the dogs you know they kind of know their way around but definitely you know call around if they do and just try and avoid that as much as possible make sure gates are locked doors are closed all those things to try and avoid them getting out in the first place thank you so much for mentioning keeping your microchips up to date with their registration because that is a big passion for me uh, you know, I run an organization that adopts out uh, kittens and puppies, and we microchip them. And I try to explain to adopters that a microchip is either a very powerful tool or it is as useless as a grain <laughs> of rice. And it all depends on whether you keep that information up to date. So certainly if you're moving or if your phone number is changing or if your email is changing, make sure that you are keeping that registry up to date so that you know, if if your animal does end up in a shelter, it's very easy to scan them and find them. Um, And, you know, like you mentioned, we want to do everything we can to keep our animals safe during those fireworks. Just keeping them inside with doors and windows secured is, you know, a really important starting place. Um, But I appreciate so much all of that advice that you gave. We had a caller who called in about her dog, Nellie, and she's trying to decide if she should board her while she's hosting guests or if it's possible to include her dog in the holiday um, while keeping her safe and reducing her stress. I wonder if you have any kind of final words after everything we've discussed for people who are trying to make that decision, you know, um, how to keep their animals safe and happy during the holiday season while also getting to celebrate themselves. Yeah. So for Nellie, um, I mean, every pet owner knows their pet best. So I think if you can, I, it would be best to try and keep your pets at home with you. Um, again, just be very upfront with your guests on the rules in the house and how best to keep Nellie safe. And if you do need to board, again, make sure she's up to date on her influenza and bordetella vaccines with this respiratory virus going around. Um, And just make sure, you know, she can get stressed out over at the boarding facility, too. So if she's one that gets stress colitis, definitely start her on probiotics early. If you can, I would really try and keep her at home with you guys and just make it as safe an environment as possible, utilizing all the tips that we've mentioned previously. Banfield's here to provide you and your pet with smart, affordable, high-quality pet care. 
so you can worry less about the vet and wellness stuff and instead enjoy life with your BFF. That's why we created Optimum Wellness Plans. Our plans aren't insurance. They're year-long bundles of preventive care custom-built for the pet you love. Plans include unlimited in-office visits, 24-7 chat for general pet health advice, virtual vet visits, vaccines, dental cleanings, discounts, and more. Optimum Wellness Plans. Essential pet care made easy. Learn more by clicking the link in the show notes or visit us at Banfield.com. So now we are going to move on to some fast facts for the holidays. I would love if we can each share just some kind of interesting fast fact with one another and I can start. My first fast fact is that if you are someone who is planning to put a real tree in your home this winter, you should know that the Christmas tree stands can actually contain bacteria that is harmful to animals if they are consuming the water. So um, that is like freestanding water that might be sitting in your home for quite some time. So you want to block access to any kind of um, tree water for your animals. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, so my fast fact would be, um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but holidays is the most common time of year where we're seeing pancreatitis in our pets. Um, And that is where if they're fed a really high fatty diet, if they get into the trash, if they get some table scraps that are really high in like oils, um, they can develop this pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas. So some signs to look out for if you're worried that your pet might be getting it would be they can become very lethargic. They may not want to eat. Vomiting and diarrhea are very common. Um, And then kind of a painful belly. If you're picking them up and they seem really painful, then that could be a sign that maybe they have some pancreatitis going on. Um, And I would definitely schedule an appointment with your vet. Or if they're really, really sick, definitely take them to the ER at that point. Another reason to try and avoid giving your pets table scraps um, and just sticking to their kibble or maybe a little bit of carrots and celery. My next fast fact is about potpourri and essential oil diffusers. Um, I know, you know, we're in the holidays trying to have those lovely seasonal fragrances in our homes, but actually excessive use of those uh, items can be dangerous, especially for our cat friends who sometimes are not able to metabolize some of the compounds found in those essential oils. Um, liquid potpourri in particular can actually cause burns in the mouth and throat if ingested. So um, just be very sparing or cautious about using those items. Nice. So yeah, if you're cleaning your house for the holidays and getting ready for guests to come over, um, be very careful about the fragrances that you're going to be using, the cleaning supplies that you're going to be using. If you are planning to clean the house, make sure you clean, you know, well in advance and keep your pets in a separate room or outside if it's a dog um, so that they're not breathing in those fumes. Make sure you open some windows. Just be, you know, very careful that your pet's not accidentally ingesting any of those either. Um, Cats in particular can also be very sensitive to new fragrances and they can develop allergies or asthma to it. So please just be very careful with what kind of, you know, cleaners and scents you're introducing to your pets during the holidays. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I feel like I hope that we have not scared anybody here, but I think that knowledge is really empowering. And I I appreciate that a lot of this information can help people to fully prepare. So thank you so much for being on the show and happy holidays. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I hope some of this information really helps out owners keeping their pets safe during the holidays and happy holidays to you too. This has been a really fascinating conversation. My big takeaway is that preparation and maintaining a solid routine for our animals is an important way to keep them safe and reduce their stress during the holidays. It's important to really carefully consider any new and novel factors we're adding to the equation and to take steps to make sure that anything we're introducing to our home environment is going to be safe for the dogs and cats who we love most. From myself, Banfield, and the entire team at Not Just Fluff, we want to wish you and your furry friends a happy holiday season. Thank you for listening to Not Just Fluff, pet wellness from the pros at Banfield Pet Hospital. Make sure to get your paws on the like and subscribe buttons so you don't miss an episode.